0: Before we get rolling on the podcast, I want to let everybody know that the verb edit contest is wide open to anyone who wants to test their metal and enter. In fact, you might just get better at editing by entering this contest. Give it a shot. Check out some stuff that has never been seen by anyone. All the Yamaha content, We're talking about Danger Boy, Deegan, you got Dax Bennick, got Eli Tomac, everybody over at Yamaha over there uh, with Star Racing, you get to see some really cool content, and you also get to give it, be creative and smoosh it all together however you see fit. Go to verbmoto.com forward slash verb edit contest and best of luck. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an emergency arena cross podcast from the makers of the verb pod network i am your host brad Gubhart. thank you so much for joining us we need to talk about arena cross there are only six rounds left in this amazing championship series and we have a barn burner on our hands now introducing uh my co-host uh we're honestly just co-piloting this thing together um sort of breaking this whole thing down arena cross ama arena cross series Is completely ablaze. It's all the talking points. Zach Heron, tell me about it.
1: Man, you know, I'm wiping the crud out of my eyes. I got the emergency alert first thing this morning. Uh, it sounds like there's a chance Kyle Peters might be in trouble. Normally when you, when you think Arena Cross, you think a KP North Carolina native, 20 minutes down the road from where I grew up. And, uh, he's pretty much been the guy here recently. If you know anything about Arena Cross, you usually know that number one, the Phoenix Racing Honda, Kyle Peters, uh, he's got four titles and he's chasing legendary status, right? He's chasing the fifth. And I think everybody kind of thought, all right, KP's been doing his thing. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be any issues, right? Wrong, my friends. Let me introduce you to a guy by the name of Ryan Brees. He's coming to jack up the program. And that's exactly what he's been doing. Uh, and now, like you said, only a couple of rounds left to go. Next round going to be out in Reno, February 9th. And, uh, back to yeah, I- back weekend too. Yes, absolutely. Which means no turnaround time. You have a bad race on uh, on the ninth. You got to shake everything off and be ready to do it again the following day. But yeah, Brees. Not only is he feeling good and looking good, momentum is starting to build on his side as well. And uh, even though that's not something you can see, it's not something you can grab. It is something that you can feel when you're sitting on the line. And so be on the lookout for Brees. The 200 machine is out firing. Went one one at the last round, uh, and Kyle Peters four four in those last two mains. Uh, finds himself off the box as far as in those main events. That's an uncharacteristic ride for Peters to say the least.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the last four seasons, uh, to say Kyle Peters has been dominant would be a huge understatement. Um, and rolling into this season, there was a lot of questions on whether or not someone was going to be able to rise to the occasion. Uh, people talking about Isaiah Clark, people talking about Kyle Bitterman. Very few people even had Ryan Breeze on their radar because his sights were set on Supercross. In fact, after the first round even, he admitted, this is not my focus. This isn't where I'm going to be. His tune changed after a few rounds where he found himself right in the middle of a title fight. And now he's just a few points adrift after going 1-1 this last weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As far as Brees' program goes, the thought was, you know, get the warm-ups there in Arena Cross, get the blood flowing, get everything feeling right. Then move over to the big stadiums in Supercross. But like you said... Something about, uh, being battling up at the front of the field, something about being able to dethrone the king of Arena Cross right now. Uh, I think that was appealing to him. And now we're seeing a full focus on Arena Cross. And, uh, it just goes to show, I don't know how much he was putting in first, whether it was 90%, 95, but whatever it is, he's kicking in the extra and he's, he's, it's showing, man. I mean, not only did he get the results, but he did it in dominant fashion, looking fantastic. Uh Yeah, this is going to be be a barn burner all the way down to the end.
0: Certainly. Kyle Peters is chasing the ghost of an absolute legend in um, Buddy Antonez. He's been extremely fast for four years now, four championships. Budman's sitting at five. 1998 through 2001, it was the Bud, Bud Buddy Antonez show the entire way through. And that's been the tale of the tape when it comes to Kyle Peters for four years now. Since the beginning of this season, he's... For the most part, been on the back foot. He's, uh, changed up a bit of his program. He's switched over to a 450 and dabbled with it. He's since then put that to bed because you as well as I know on the tight confines of a arena cross track, the 450 isn't always the answer, but at least he's
1: searching for something. Well, and some, some insider information there for you from what I have heard. Kyle doing a lot of training out at club MX, doing a lot of riding with the club MX team. And, uh, he does not train arena cross. He rides Supercross during the week. He's doing training with the Supercross racers. Will we see that start to play into it? Obviously, turns are a little tighter. Uh The racing may be a little tighter, a little rougher as well. Uh, but it is definitely an interesting thing. Kyle, if you don't know him personally, very calm, demeanor, doesn't really seem to get shaken up a lot. And especially over these last couple of years, he's been the guy. Everything has been feeling good. He's had the Phoenix Racing Honda tuned up just like he likes it. But when you start to see riders searching for stuff, we've seen it in some of the pros in Supercross, even that tells the rest of the competition, hey, something's going on. He's not, he's not quite as comfortable as he's feeling, or he's starting to get a little nervous in his moose racing gear. He's starting to feel Brees is creeping up. He's looking for something to give him a little bit of an edge. As you said, the 450 wasn't it. Got to give him props for trying it, but uh, I just think as far as the track layouts, as strong as these 250s are now. I just don't see the benefit for it. So it's good to hear that he's put that to rest, goes back to the bike that he knows and that he's comfortable with. But that still leaves the question, what is he going to have to do to be able to get in front of the 200?
0: Certainly. No, I think the Brees is going to be on a 450. He's a big guy. He knows how to throw that thing around. And I think the 450 was likely the better bike of choice at a place like Guthrie, where the lap time has got to be close to 45 seconds. We're back into the typical horseshoe style track or, or your, your typical layouts for arena cross where Kyle Peters has just been so successful. If you're Ryan Brees right now, and I've noticed him smiling ear to ear, he's working with a lot of confidence. What do you need to do to continue to throw Kyle Peters off of his game?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, you got to stay focused on Ryan Brees, right? If you're Ryan, don't let the height, don't let the noise get to you. Whatever he's been doing so far this year seems to be working. Trust in yourself, trust in your program. And if the Yamaha rider is able to do that, I think we're going to continue to see his his confidence build. I think you start to see riders, once they realize they truly belong at the top, they start to ride with a different level of authority, right? They start making the passes happen almost immediately. And uh, all of these guys have respect for one another, but we all know if you're racing arena cross, there's going to be some bar banging. There's going to be some contact made. And when you really see a rider feeling good, feeling like he de- belongs to be in the front of the pack, he's going to be executing those passes ex- as quickly as possible. And he's not going to be taking, uh taking any prisoners, whether it's the number one, whether it's the rest of the field, he feels like he should be in that number one spot. And as far as bringing this thing home, I think you got to trust in what you've been doing, trust in the spot you're in. He is playing catch up, which is going to make it hard on the 200. Peters does have the points lead, which is a, a little sigh of relief for KP. But if you're Brees, trust in what you've been doing. Uh, the next two rounds are going to be both be in Reno. And then the following round, two rounds after that are both in Daytona. So you're going to have two different races there where the riders are going to be able to get a feel for the track. Question is if they. Are jiving with it are they going to be able to put in the results all the way across if they're not you got to figure something out in a hurry to get things turned around for the next race
0: six rounds 12 main events that's a lot that can happen in that time and with the inversion you got to know and that's something that kyle peters has never been a big fan of and to be honest if i was racing the series i probably wouldn't be a fan of it either i want to put my best stuff in a good position to win races every single time but Kyle Peters needs to worry about Kyle Peters and put himself ahead of the pack on a consistent basis and put those other two Hondas between them. You got Isaiah Clark and Kyle Bitterman, both very capable. Can they, can they, can those two guys play
1: spoiler? Absolutely. And, And that is, that's going to be just as much of a key as anything is the spoiler effect. The, like you said, the inversion plays such a big part in the racing that we see in these arena crosses and yeah, absolutely. If I was a racer, probably wouldn't be very stoked on it. But as a fan and as a spectator, man, does it make things exciting. KP, a little bit of a master at some of these uh inverted starts, though. Really checks up almost a little bit, hugs the inside really tight, oftentimes finds himself inside the top five, if not the top three, when he comes out of turn one, coming all the way from last gate pick. So KP, he's a four-time champ for a reason, but the rest of the field... Now, I feel like with KP, I don't want to say showing weakness, but definitely a little chink in the armor, if you will. There's a sign, hey, this guy is human. He is beatable. The rest of the field wants to put him back as well. Because even if you're not battling for a win, if you're able to say, hey, I beat the multi-time champion, they're all taking that home to the bank as well. And so, absolutely, I think you start to see the rest of the field more aggressively racing Kyle Peters, treating him just like one of the guys rather than hey that's the champ right there. Um and not saying that anybody checks up for the number one plate, but nobody wants to be the guy that ruins a championship chase because they raced the number one too hard. Whereas now it's like, hey man, you're battling in, you know, fourth place was what he got in those last mains. Man, we're battling for podium positions. There's a lot of money on the line between fourth and third. I think you start to see the rest of the field really going at it for the number one.
0: You know there's got to be some some hunger in the eyes of Ryan Brees who took home over six thousand dollars at the last round uh that's a nice chunk of change for a guy like him and you know what I think a lot of his dominance so far this season or the, the times where he's able to really exert his will is the fact that he's had a lot of opportunities to race at a lot of guys who aren't familiar with him they don't know what to do with them they don't know how to, uh, his tendencies they don't know how either how to pass him or they don't know what the type of moves that he's going to try and pull on them I think that's a leg up for Ryan Brees going forward
1: Absolutely. You know, they call him the breeze. He just keeps on rolling down the road. You don't really know a whole lot about him. That was a Leonard Skinner reference. I don't know if you got that or not, Brad, but, uh, oh man, it's all right. I'll educate you, but he keeps, (laughs) he keeps on doing his thing. And like you said, it's one of those deals where now so many people are comfortable with Kyle Peters. They kind of know how he rides, uh, how he gets through, how he makes passes. And with breeze, it's kind of like, man, This guy came out of nowhere. We really haven't had time to study him to see what he's doing better or or what it is that seems to be working for him, and that's exactly what you want if you're the number 200. Stay sneaky, stay mysterious, and then show up and do damage when you get behind the gate. So if you're the 200, I think you've got to kind of refocus in, re-hone in on what you've been doing all season long, figure out what changes you've made to get you up to that top spot Keep the keep the nose on the grindstone and stay focused. We've got six rounds left, 12 main events. It's far from over, and there's a lot of work to be done. Like we said, while Brees does have the momentum in his favor at the moment, he doesn't have the red background. And so if things were to end right now, KP's picking up another one. So Brees has got to find ways to drop that gap down and get himself in the top of points lead if he wants a chance.
0: Marine Cross champions come in all walks of life. You have Buddy Antonez, who's uh, pretty small in stature. Same thing with Kyle Peters. Then you have the other end of the spectrum, guys like Josh Demuth, guys like um, Bowers from years ago. He won a lot of championships. Now you inject the physicality of Ryan Brees. He's a tall drink of water. He can't be pushed around. He's on the big 450. That's got to play a factor into just the the physicality of arena cross because it's the physical sport. They are tight confines in that arena cross series, and I think that's a leg up for him going forward.
1: Absolutely, without a doubt. uh, Another one of the taller riders that comes to mind, Jacob Hayes, another local boy growing up not far from where Kyle Peters is from as well. And uh, I've talked to Jacob many times, and he says, man, you know, when you're sitting on that starting gate, you already know. You're going to be making contact with somebody. It is some of the most brutal and physical racing. I'm not talking physical as in exhaustion. I'm talking physical as in bar banging, slamming into one another, cutting underneath one another, because you've got to get extremely creative to make passes happen here in Arena Cross. So if you are somebody a little bigger in physical stature, not to mention you got the power of the big four, five, oh, underneath you, Ryan Brees is in a good spot to kind of manhandle this championship chase if he is in the right position off the start, if he's chasing Kyle, uh, if neither one of them get a great start and they're coming through the pack, best believe I think Brees is going to start to use his size to his advantage and making those passes happen rather than letting the passes come to him.
0: Now, you already talked about the inversion a little bit earlier in the show. How much of the fact that Kyle Peters has been feeding the majority of this field their lunch for the last four years plays into the fact that uh if he does happen to get a bad start, coming through the pack there might be more than a few guys that are more than happy to see Kyle Peters continue to sort of be mired in the back while a newcomer some people like to see a new winner even if it's uh, like the competitors themselves um is there any possibility that guys might things a little bit more hard on Kyle Peters in in, in uh, instead of uh Ryan Brees?
1: I don't necessarily know whether I see the riders specifically targeting the number one, but, but to your point, yeah, one is, one is the loneliest number, right? When you're at the top, everybody wants to be where you're at. And it's especially for somebody like a Kyle Peters, where you've been at the top for year after year after year, the rest of the field's probably getting sick of seeing the phoenix honda come by them and so if you see an uncharacteristic bad start if you see a situation where kyle finds himself on the ground or if you just see a situation where he's battling with other riders you know inside the top five especially where all of those riders are, are genuinely fighting for money they're fighting for pride they're fighting for ego there's a there's a ton of stuff going on when you're out on the track absolutely without a doubt like i said earlier there's now a chink in the armor believe it or not Kyle Peters is human and he can be beaten in arena cross for the rest of the field. That might be a new, fresh, new, fresh breath of air. Oh my goodness. Wait a second. I've, I've lost, I had lost confidence in myself, forgotten who I was. And so if you're somebody like the rest of the field that you find inside the top three, obviously we had Wageman jump up on the podium at that last round as well, but without a doubt, why not make this guy work to get past you? I think they're going to treat the 200 the same way, but I don't think you're going to see any laying over for the number one moving forward.
0: When it comes to Kyle Peters having a contender like Ryan Breeze come in, you you got to think that there's a little bit of of snarl in his game that he's bringing on a weekly basis because this is his territory. This is where he's been basically making a living as a professional for the last four years plus, and he's going to defend his title tooth and nail. He Like you said, he still has that number one plate and would like to leave 2020. 24 with it. What does he needed to do to finish off this championship ahead?
1: Well, like we said, while things are going well for the number 200 right now, the number one has got the most important thing, and that's the point lead. It doesn't matter if it's one or 100. If you're out front, you're in control of the championship chase. Now, for somebody like Kyle, he's got a lot of championship management experience. So I think the fact that you did see Kyle doing a little bit of experimenting relatively, I don't want to say early in the season, but in the early part of the midsection of the season. He got it out of the way. Hey, let's try something. He was getting beat by a 450. Wanted to just test, see what he thought about it. Now we find out he's put that to bed. He's going to stick with what he knows. Hopefully what that means is he's at peace on the home front. He feels good about his bike, feels good about the setup. And then as far as what he's got to do when he's out on track, he's got to remember why he's the number one and why he's a four-time champ. He has got to bring a new kind of aggression, he's got to find, uh and maybe this is exactly what Kyle Peters needed, maybe uh, lighting a little fire under the rear end of the number one is exactly what we need coming into these final six races, because sometimes, I don't want to say you get bored out front, or things start to almost go through the motions when you've consistently won, and, and as you said, not just won, but dominated for years, I think all of a sudden it's kind of a little Kicking the rear end like, hey, buddy, there are some fast riders out here. They're showing up. They mean business. I mean, Kyle Bitterman, another name that has gone wheel to wheel, toe to toe with Kyle Peters. We saw the big crash Bitterman had uh, a little earlier in the year as well, battling with Kyle Peters. These guys are no joke. They take it just as serious as any of your supercross racers. So if you're the number one, you need to, to line up and you need to go out there and show what you've got. Don't don't play it safe. I think Kyle needs to make statements. He needs to fight as hard as he can and focus on getting in the number one spot each and every race that he can.
0: Brian Brees is the challenger. He needs to be on the offensive every single round going out to the rest of this series. It's going to be a sprint. To the finish, you can watch every single episode. I'm impressed with these guys. I think it's going to be a great series. Let's talk about some other guys that have been making some noise. Let's talk about Cody Groves. He's training down at the Shoals. The guy is an absolute cartoon character. Uh, I've been impressed with him tip to tail, back to front. And, uh, not only with his actions on the track, but also off the track, making himself available to the young ladies in and around the series, which is nice. This is quite, quite nice of him.
1: It's cold and absolutely, yeah. Wanted to make sure. I know there was probably a lot of questions going out. Cody grows. Is he single? Like, what does his girlfriend look like? Everything like that made it very clear. Single as a Pringle and ready to mingle. Uh, and as you said, both of us has had the pleasure of hanging out with Cody grows off of the track. The guy is an absolute character. Has a ton of fun, uh, but. I will say, when the guy straps the helmet on, he does mean business. I know he gets a lot of slack, or a lot of flack, I should say, about his interviews and his somewhat laid-back style. But I promise you, I have seen this guy have a fantastic time on a Friday night and be the first one out on the track Saturday morning. He's able to have a good time, but he's putting in the work as well. I've I've been very, very glad to see the popularity that Cody is getting just from his interviews and from his... just. Really easy to enjoy personality, but I've also been extremely impressed to see what he's been able to do out on track. I think uh, that oftentimes flies under the radar, the improvements that you're seeing from the Suzuki rider.
0: No, I'm really impressed with how he's been riding. And uh, same thing with, uh, there, there's a number of athletes that have been extremely, um, sort of had some coming up parties uh, throughout the year. Um, like Um And then this last weekend, you had uh, Lana Humphrey showing up. 16 years old and winning himself an LCQ, uh putting it into the, the night show. These are the experiences that get these kids to the next level. It's pretty cool.
1: Absolutely. And it kind of gave me a little bit of a, a throwback to like the old Ricky Carmichael Road to Supercross, where a lot of these guys had to earn their stripes and prove who they were and what they were able to do in the Arena Cross series. I remember watching Justin Cooper make his debut in Arena Cross, and he didn't have very Exactly, yeah. These guys are are not uh, the friendliest of folks out there when you're the new guy out on the track, especially for somebody like Kalana. I believe, let's see, you got a 10th in main one and a ninth in main two. So two top 10 finishes after getting himself in the main. Uh, even Cody Groves, giving him a big shout out on the microphone. But there's a reason that you see the guy rocking the Red Bull helmet. Red Bull obviously sees a lot out of him as well. Uh, I think he, is he the sole pilot for the one industry's comeback? He's the only guy I've seen so far.
0: Uh, they have one other post with the, with somebody I can't remember offhand who it is. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think O'Neill is who, who per- purchased one industries. Okay. Um, and I would not be surprised if they sort of do like a O'Neill becomes like an off-road brand. And like one becomes the sort of like the moto brand, like similar to how like, um, parts unlimited does with Thor and moose essentially. Like they sort of like kind of tie those two, two brands are very connected. Obviously they're owned by the same company. Um, but the the market segment that they're marketed towards is sort of different in that way. But um yeah, and, and also uh Crockett, uh is it Crockett Meyer? Crockett Maze? Yeah. Crockett Myers, yeah. Crockett Myers, dude. Really impressed with that kid. First and foremost, the fact that he fights every single weekend, uh, tooth and nail, and his his ability and willingness to to stick it in there uh weekend after weekend on unfamiliar uh equipment like he's changed gear brands he's changed bikes um yeah doesn't matter what it is if if it changes or doesn't change uh what doesn't change is his ability to compete
1: absolutely and kind of on the opposite side of somebody such as kyle peters who has had such a consistent and and relatively smooth turnover from years to years using the same gear sticking with that phoenix racing honda team he's pretty much set up he knows how his bike should feel he's got everything just like he likes it whereas if you're crockett myers Welcome to the big leagues. Welcome to the big show. And this guy is, uh, you know, like they say, nothing like testing during the race, right? But that takes a, a particular kind of mental state as well. If you're Crockett Myers, there's a lot of things going on externally that you've got to shut out, turn the noise off, and focus on what you can do when the gate drops. I've been super impressed with him being able to do just that. And also, not showing any fear as well. If he finds himself in a good spot, you best believe he's going to try to make a pass regardless of who's in front of him. I think uh, while this year is probably a lot of learning experience for Crockett, I think moving forward you're going to see big things coming out of Crockett Myers.
0: Certainly, I think uh, we're we're in for the great a uh, great finish off to this series. Like I said, six rounds remain, nine ma- or twelve main events, uh, and it's going to be fireworks, tip to tail. You know, you'll be uh, watching every single round and every main event, heat race, LCQ, and everything else in between. Uh, Zach Heron, thank you so much for making some time for the for the verb. Pod network. This was uh, this is fun to do a little bit of a catch-up and uh some bench racing on all things arena cross.
1: Absolutely, guys. Make sure, like I said, February 9th and 10th out in Reno, Nevada, and then February 29th and March 8th out in Daytona. If you're already going down for the Supercross, maybe you're coming to visit me at the Palakka GNCC. We're gonna be down there the same weekend as well. Go down there early. Go watch you some arena cross racing on Friday night, because I promise you won't be disappointed. It's gonna be one heck of a championship battle all the way down to the end, man. I'm glad to talk about it
0: Look forward to it, man. Thanks again so much. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut things off right there. All right, ladies and gentle bugs. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Hope you enjoy all these podcasts, whether it's a squad pod, winner take y'all, or Hey, any of the shows that I have. In fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, Wes Williams will be heading back to his humble abode and be able to make some podcasts with one Jason crane and uh, perhaps even chase Stala on the show as well. So look forward to that. Like I said off the very top of this show, make sure that you're entering the Verb Edit contest. Uh, if you don't think you're any good at it, really, all you could do is just probably maybe just like put some clips back to back, and uh, yeah, throw your hat in the ring. Uh, the, I think there's some random prizes that are getting you know, pulled, so who knows? Go to verbmoto.com forward slash Verb Edit Contest. Test your metal, get creative, and enjoy some cool content.